Have you ever messed up? And I don't, don't answer out loud on that, but I mean, I mean messed up. Not, not some small thing, not forgetting where your car is parked or forgetting where the kids are. Uh, I mean a giant foul up, truly a mess up, something that hurt you, something that may have hurt other people, something that had a devastating consequence, a monumental failure, a huge mess up. Have you ever messed up? What if everybody knew your biggest failure? More than that, what if it were broadcast? What if it was put out for everyone to know, for everyone to break down, to evaluate and to talk about? What if years and years and years later, people were still talking about it, even preaching sermons about it. What would be the point in that? What good could come of that? Tonight we look at the dismal failure of Peter. It is well known. It is well told. Peter, on the most serious of days, denies Jesus. What Good could come of talking about that. I was thinking about that. I wonder if, if Peter in heaven ever just says, let it go, just let it go. John, why did you have to write that? Just let it go. Well, tonight we will see and we are going to learn from this account. Tonight our message is entitled, Of Roosters and Regrets. Of Roosters and Regrets. John chapter 18, tonight verses 25 through 27. John chapter 18, tonight verses 25 through 27. Of roosters and regrets. I'm going to ask if you would, if you'd stand with me in the honor and the reverence of the reading of God's word. John chapter 18, beginning in the 25th verse, God's word says this. Now Simon Peter was standing and warming himself. So they said to him, you are not also one of his disciples, are you? He denied it and said, I am not. One of the slaves of the high priest, being a relative of the one whose ear Peter cut off, said, did I not see you in the garden with him? Peter then denied it again, and immediately a rooster crowed. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we come tonight. We're thankful for this night. We're thankful for this opportunity together. We're thankful for the word of God that leads us, directs us, speaks to us tonight. I pray, Lord, that this is truly a supernatural event. I know you are living and active. I know your word is living and active today. And so I pray that you speak to us tonight. I pray that the church would be equipped tonight, would be grown tonight. I pray for those that do not know Christ. I pray in the hearing of good news, in a, in a world of, of defeat and sorry news, of sin and hopelessness, I pray that in the hearing of good news that tonight they might turn to you and receive you in faith. Lord, I pray for those that will hear in all different means. I pray, Lord, again, that you would be glorified, that your name would be lifted up. Lord, again, we praise you for this opportunity. We trust it to you, and I pray in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Part of the story of Jesus's Crucifixion and resurrection includes the account of Peter's denial of Jesus. It is one of only a few things, three or four things, 
Now, that is recorded in all four of the gospel accounts. Literally, you cannot read the crucifixion account and not pass over this legendary event. Well, here is the question. Why is it here? Why remember this? What does God want us to know? Why does he want us to remember it? Well, the truth is tonight, it reveals some great truths that fit perfectly in the gospel of Jesus Christ. The truth is we're going to see some important, necessary revelations about Jesus, about ourselves, and even about our gospel tonight in this account. And so tonight, let's begin by looking at our verses. Now, to start with tonight, I'm going to back up, and I'm going to look at some verses uh, that we looked at last night. We've got plenty of time. I'm going to back up. That's where we'll start tonight. Backing up to verses 15, 16, and 17. Verse 15 says this, Simon Peter was following Jesus, and so was another disciple. Now that disciple was known to the high priest and entered with Jesus into the court of the high priest. We know that other disciple is the apostle John, the author of our account. Verse 16, but Peter was standing at the door outside. So the other disciple who was known to the high priest went out and spoke to the doorkeeper and brought Peter in. Verse 17, Then the slave girl who kept the door said to Peter, You are not also one of this man's disciples, are you? He said, I am not. Now, remember tonight, the question is posed in a way that begs for a negative response. She says, You are not also one of this man's disciples, are you? The question is, expects a negative response. Well, Peter surprisingly gives it. I am not. Peter says in this statement, I am not tied to Jesus. I am not a follower of Jesus. Resolutely, clearly, he says, I am not. Now be sure tonight, Peter was the leader of Jesus' disciples. This this was the boldest of Jesus' followers. Just a little while earlier, he was willing to die in a last stand as he cut off the high priest's slave's ear. He he was for sure, if there was going to be one that would stand, one that would be bold, this is the one. And Peter says, I am not. Verse 18. Now the slaves and the officers were standing there having made a charcoal fire for it was cold and they were warming themselves and Peter was also with them standing and warming himself. Now the Roman cohort, the Roman soldiers had gone home. It says the slaves, the servants of the Jewish leaders, they were in this courtyard and the temple police, the temple officers were also in this courtyard, they remain. Well, the Bible says Peter has folded into them. There is a coal fire there in the courtyard, and it's, he stands in their midst. The Bible says he stands with them, and he warms himself. 
Now let's go to tonight's verses, beginning in verse 25. Now Simon Peter was standing and warming himself. So they said to him, You are not also one of his disciples, are you? He denied it and said, I am not. Now, notice it is almost an identical question. However, now the group is growing. First, it was the doorkeeper. It was the slave girl. But now there are others that have joined the group. Now, maybe they have heard her. Maybe they have recognized him. But the group is growing. And they say, you're not also one of his disciples, are you? The question is posed in the same way. It is seeking and it is soliciting a negative response. Notice this. Satan will always give you an easy out. Satan will always make it easy for you to reject Christ. You know what, if you'll just go with the flow, we'll just move out of this. You know what, if you'll just give the expected answer, and Satan will always present you with an easy out. Well, Peter falls in, Peter falls for it, and the Bible says Peter denied it and said again, I am not. All right, verse 26. One of the slaves of the high priest, being a relative of the one whose ear Peter cut off, said, did I not see you in the garden with him? Now, verse 26 is more serious. Instead of saying, are you with Jesus? Do you follow Jesus? Some of them are recognizing Peter. He's the one that cut off Malchus's ear. Were, were you not there? They're starting to put two and two together. Now, the implication is far more serious. Maybe they will announce what he did. Maybe they will arrest him. Maybe they would try him as well. They say, did I not see you? Here's another point tonight. When you are walking with Jesus, when you decide you're going to walk with Christ, people, listen to me, are always watching. You know what, when you decide you're going to walk with Christ, people, mark it down, they're always watching. Now, I'll just tell you, most of the time, they're watching to see you fail. And that's the honest truth of it. Now, we wish it would be some other reason, but most of the time, when you've decided to follow Christ, they are watching you to see you fail. Will you fall off the wagon? Will you act a fool somewhere? Will you mess up? I knew they couldn't do it. I knew it wasn't real. They're just like us. When you're walking with Jesus, people are always watching you. Be sure of that. Verse 27. Peter then denied it again, and immediately a rooster crowed. In the Gospel of Matthew and Mark, he curses when he denies it. He is adamant the third time that he denies. No, I do not know him. He is adamant. No, I do not even know who he is. And verse 27 says, and immediately a rooster crows. Okay, let's look at this. God wants us to see it. He has a purpose for us in it. Let's look at it. The first thing we want to see tonight as we look at this account is the truth about denial. 
the first thing we're going to see is the truth about denial. Now, most of us say, what is wrong with Peter? Isn't that what you say? Come on, come on, Peter. How do you deny Jesus? Maybe you can deny somebody, but how do you deny Jesus? Well, I want you to see this. The word, the Greek word in the original language for deny, denial in verse 25 and verse 27 means, listen to me, to disown, to refuse, to say not. Well, see this. Isn't that really the definition of sin? It isn't sin to say, you know what, I'll take my way over your way so I refuse you. Isn't sin to say, you know what, I'll take my name over your name and so I'll disown you. Isn't sin to say, you know what, I'm going to do what I want to do and to say not to God. Really, any sin, listen to me tonight, is to deny Christ. Any sin is to deny Christ. Anytime we sin, if it is a big sin, or if it is a small sin, if it is a known sin, or if it's an unknown sin, any sin, by definition, really, is to deny Christ. Now, Peter's sin is well known. Peter's sin is recorded in Scripture, but really, he is no different from us. Anytime we sin, we're turning our back on Christ. Anytime we are sin, we sin, we are rejecting, we are refusing Jesus Christ. Anytime we sin, we are deniers of Jesus. Ouch. That's tough. Anytime we sin, we are denying Jesus. That is the truth of denial. Now, the second truth is this. The second truth is the truth about us. The truth about us. Now, we see this in this account as well. The truth about us. Now, hear this tonight. Be certain of this. Listen very carefully. You are not strong enough. You are not smart enough. You are not resolved enough. You are not committed enough. And on your own, you will fail. You know, we don't like to hear that. Something inside of us rears up and says, well, you, you haven't met me. Oh, you don't know my willpower. You don't know my strength. Listen to me. On your own, you will fail. Folks, understand, Peter was the boldest. He cut the slave's ear off. He was ready. Let's go. Let's die. He said that he would die with him. Peter's the one that stepped out of the boat to walk on water. Peter had been at the transfiguration. Peter's the one that said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. They're all wrong. You're the Christ, the son of the living God. That was Peter. Folks, be sure you cannot do it. You will fail. You will fail. Our sins might as well be publicized like his because we're no better. And we may have heard this account. So I don't know what's wrong with Peter. Listen, we are no better. The Bible says, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Every person has sinned. Your willpower, your good intentions, every person has sinned. The Bible says, for no one is righteous. No, not one. We're pretty good at saying, you know what? I'm better than you and I'm doing better than y'all are. Listen, no one is righteous. All people have sinned. You will fail. And so here's the truth about you tonight. Here's the truth about me. So we need a Savior. 
So we need a Savior. We have no hope. Listen to me. We have no hope outside of a Savior. This was Peter, and Peter failed. He needed a Savior. The truth is about me and about you. We need a Savior. The next thing is the truth about why we deny. Now, that's kind of weird. Why would we deny? As believers, the truth about why we deny. Now, these should be a warning to us. So be sure and take note of these tonight. Remember these tonight. We're going to see these come out of this account tonight as well. Now, here's the deal. You are prone to deny, number one, when you're outside of the fellowship of believers. You are prone to deny when you're outside of the fellowship of believers. Now, notice when Peter was was strong, and I mean always, when Peter made his great declarations, when Peter was bold, was when he was always surrounded by other disciples. Notice that. It doesn't even change in the book of Acts. He is at his best when he's surrounded by other disciples. Well, here he is, and we find him. He's in the wrong crowd. He's with them. He is alone. He has separated himself off, and it is then that he makes his denial. Let me tell you tonight, we need, you need other believers around us. We need other growing disciples around us. Let me put it to you this way. We need the church. We need the church. Let me tell you something. Now, I've said this a bunch of times. Let me tell you this tonight. If you get out of the fellowship of the church, you will suffer. If you get out of the fellowship of the church, and I've watched it time and time again, whatever the reason is, maybe they got lazy, maybe they got distracted, maybe they got mad, but whatever the reason is, when someone gets out of the fellowship of the church, you mark it down, they will suffer. Part of this 100 days, praise the Lord, is that we've been together for 84, six nights, I don't know how many Praise the Lord. We sing together. We fellowship together. We notice when somebody's sick. We notice when somebody's hurting. You get outside of the fellowship of the church, brother, sister, and you will suffer. Here's the next thing. We are prone, we are likely to deny when we are distant from Christ. That's the next thing. We are prone to deny when we are distant from Christ. Now notice in verse 15, it says he was following Jesus. Now after the arrest, most of the folks scattered, but it says of him and the other disciple, they are following Jesus. Now what that means is they are lagging behind Jesus. He had lost the closeness to Jesus. You see, when he was with Jesus, he stayed true. When he was with Jesus, He kept his focus. He was better, listen, when he was close to Jesus. So are we. So are we. That's why Jesus has said we have to abide in him. We have to abide in him. We have to stay with him. The Bible says we have to keep our eyes. It actually says we have to fix our eyes on him. Be very sure we have to stay lock in step with Jesus. We have to walk with Jesus. We have to keep the pace of Jesus. We cannot afford to get any distance from Jesus. 
I don't know why we think we can. I don't know why things start going good or maybe things start going bad. And we start, we start to pull a distance from Jesus. Let me tell you something. The testimony of my life is when I start getting self-sufficient, when I start getting brave on my own, and so I start lagging behind, 100% of the time, that's when the trouble starts. I have to stay close to Jesus. We have to stay close to Jesus. We are prone to deny when we are distant from Jesus. That's the next thing, leads us to the next thing, and that is this. We are prone to deny when we are the focus. We are prone to deny when we are the focus. Now, that's called pride. If you want a name for it, that's called pride. Now, think about that. When Peter started to think about himself, when he became the priority, when he started to think about his safety, his reputation, then that's when he denied Christ. Earlier, when it was all about Christ, he was all in. When it was about Christ, he was ready to go. But when his eyes were turned inwardly, when his eyes were focused on himself, that is when he failed. Let me tell you, we are the same. Anytime we start to worry about our plans, our comfort, our goals, our stuff, anytime we start to walk around in pride, and started thinking, well, I, I'm pretty good. I'm, I'm pretty strong. I am enough. We're going to fail. We're going to find out we're not any of those things. We will fail. The Bible says pride comes before a fall. And that brings us to the last warning. We are prone to deny when we're outside of the fellowship of believers, when we're distant from Christ, when we are self-focused, and then here's the last warning. We are prone to deny when we haven't heeded the words of Christ. When we haven't heeded the words of Christ. Now remember in John 13, verse 38, Jesus actually told Peter, you will deny me. Remember, he's being very self-confident. And he says, you're confident? You will deny me before three times before the rooster crows. He told him. What if Peter took Christ's warning to heart? What, what if he kept in mind the words of Christ? Let me tell you something tonight. I believe, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell you this. I believe more than anything when we are out of the word of God, when we are not reading it, when we are not studying it, when we are not hearing it, when we are not memorizing it, when we are not obeying it, when we are not planning to live it out, to, to, to express it lived out in obedience in our lives, we are setting ourselves up for failure. If we're not heeding the word of God for any reason, you know what, I'm too busy. You know what, I'll do it later. You know what, I'm not that worried about it. I've got it figured out anyway. If you are not in the word of God, if you are not living by the word of God, friend, you are setting yourself up for failure, heartache, pain, trouble, chaos, disaster, death. If you're living outside the word of Christ, you are setting yourself up for failure. God gives us the best way to live in his word. I don't know how to make that plainer 
over the course of all these years. You know what? He's not trying to punish us. You know what? He has the best thing for your marriage. He has the best thing for your home. He has the best way to raise your kids. He has the best way to handle your finances. He has the best way to relate to people. He has the best way to do business. His word actually gives us the best way to live. All right, tonight we have the truth about denial. We have the truth about us. We need a savior. We have the truth about why we deny. And the last thing is this. We're about done. The last thing is this. We have the truth about the one we deny. This is my favorite part tonight. We have the truth about the one that we deny. Verse 27 says, And when he had denied him, immediately a rooster crowed. I want you to start to picture this. I want you to start to see this. And when he had denied him, I don't know him, immediately a rooster crowed. The sun is coming up. Do you know when a rooster crows? The sun is coming up. I want you to see this. Luke chapter 22, I'll read it to you. Luke chapter 22, beginning in verse 60. But Peter said, man, I do not know what you're talking about. Immediately while he was still speaking, a rooster crowed. The Lord turned and looked at Peter. And Peter remembered the word of the Lord, how he had told him, before a rooster crows today, you will deny me three times. And he went out and wept bitterly. Peter denies, the rooster crows. At that moment, Jesus looks at Peter. Peter looks at Jesus. Peter has disowned Jesus. Peter has refused Jesus. Listen, Judas turned away for money. Peter did it for pride, for self-concern. And out of his regret, his terrible regret, can you imagine this? Regret on top of regret, he goes outside to what the Bible says, and he wept bitterly. He looked at Jesus, and he had refused Jesus. He had denied Jesus, and he goes outside, and it says in the, in the dark of the night as the sun is coming up, he weeps bitterly. It means to cry out loud. Oh, if he could take it back. Oh, if he had that moment again. Oh, if he could build his resolve before he did it, but it was too late. He sits out there, and in regret, his heart is broken, and he weeps. And the Bible says they met eyes, Jesus and Peter. I want to tell you about the eyes that he saw. In those eyes, disbelief, no. Surprise, no, not at all. Anger, resentment, no, not a trace of that. Those eyes, the Savior's eyes, are seeing the sun come up on the day that he will pay for sin. Those eyes, the Savior's eyes, they are seeing the sun come up on the day that he will pay for Peter, on the day that he will pay for people that fail, people that sin. And yes, he sees Peter, but in those eyes as the rooster wakes up and as his regret wells up, in the Savior's eyes, I want you to know tonight, there is nothing but love. As he looks over at Peter, it's okay, Peter. 
I knew, Peter, I already knew. This is for you, Peter. It'll be finished soon, Peter, friend. Listen, he sees you too. And the Bible says, and while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Listen to me tonight. We are so loved. You are so loved. Caught off guard by our sin? No, that's why he goes. Mad about our sin? No, that's why he goes. We are so loved. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we come tonight, and I'm thankful for a kind Savior. I'm thankful for a gracious God. Thankful for a Savior who doesn't write us off, doesn't run us off, doesn't get sick of us. A Savior that sees the trouble we've made, sees the heartache we carry, sees the sin and the guilt, the regret that we, that we weep bitterly over. We wish we could be done with it. And he comes and he makes a way. A Savior for sinners, a Savior for sin. He comes and makes a way in grace and kindness toward us. Lord, I, I pray for two things. I pray for somebody that doesn't know that grace, doesn't know that kindness, doesn't know that truth. I pray that tonight, this very night, they would trust you, that they would turn to you, that they'd be saved tonight. Lord, and then I pray for us that do know. Those that have trusted Christ, maybe, maybe recently, maybe way back, that we, we wouldn't rest until a lost and hurting world knows of our gracious Savior. Lord, we praise you tonight. We thank you tonight. We worship you. We ask that you work and you move tonight. We give this to you, and I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to close our service with a time of response, a time of invitation tonight. My question is this. So would you deny him tonight? Would you reject him tonight? You see, to, to not trust Christ is to deny him, to reject him, as simple as that. Let me, tell you, let me tell you what it means to be saved. Let me tell you the good news of our gospel. The Bible says each one of us, all of us have, saved, have sinned, each of us. The Bible says in that sin, we've broken our relationship with the holy God. He is holy. He's perfect. He doesn't sin. We break our relationship with him because of our sin. Because of sin, we, we feel a void. We feel empty. We think, you know what? If I can get this right, I'll feel better. If I can turn this corner, I'll find relief. If I can get a retirement, if I can get this, if I can get that, if I can get my relationships right, and we seek for something that we can't find an answer for outside of Jesus Christ. The Bible says in our sin, we've broken our relationship with God. The Bible says if we die in that state, we'll be separated from him for all eternity. There is a creator God. Look around. If we reject him, we'll be separated from him for all eternity. Here's the good news of the gospel. He sees you. He sees me. He sees us in our sin. He sees our helplessness in our sin. He knows we will fail. We do fail. And so he sends his only begotten son, John 3, 16, his one and only son. He comes 2,000 years ago. He's born. He lives a life where he never sins. That's what, that's what his perfect life is for. He never sins. If he'd have sinned, he would have had to pay his own penalty, but he doesn't sin, so he's able to offer himself for us. That's what he does on the cross. We talk about the cross. We have cross jewelry, cross stuff. Here's the truth of the cross. Jesus goes to the cross. They accuse him falsely. They nail him to the cross. He pays for sin on the cross. The penalty for sin is death. He pays your penalty, my penalty. That's what the cross is about. He sees that we can do nothing about it. He settles it. Jesus does. They put him in a grave. 
2,000 years ago. They put him in a grave. He's dead. The penalty is paid. He says, it is finished. It's final in him. And three days later, he walks out of that grave and he stands. He's alive. He's defeated death. He's paid the price for sin. He stands as the risen Savior. The Bible says if we will trust him, we'll be saved. Not good works, not church membership, not a list of things to check off. The Bible says if you'll say, you know what, I know I'm a sinner and I'm sorry. Lord, I ask that you come to my heart and forgive me. And the best I know how, I'm going to trust you as my Lord and my Savior. The remedy for my sin. The Bible says if we'll trust him for that, we shall be saved. What a gracious Savior. What a kind Savior. Peter needed a Savior. I need a Savior. You need a Savior. The Bible says if you'll call upon him, you shall be saved. Tonight, if you've never trusted Christ, if you're in this building, if you're somewhere else watching in some other means, if you've never trusted Christ, let me tell you that the grace of God is offered to you tonight. Trust Jesus. He'll save you. He'll forgive you. He'll restore you. He'll renew you. He'll bless you with eternal life. If you've never trusted Jesus, do it today. Maybe you're here and you've trusted Christ, but you never followed in believers' baptism. I want to give you an opportunity as well to come and say, you know what, I want to be baptized. I want that testimony to stand in my life. It's not part of salvation. It does not save you. It's after salvation. The Bible says it's an obedience to Christ. It shows the world. I'm not ashamed of a Savior that was not ashamed of me. He came and took my penalty. So if you've never, if you've never followed in believers' baptism, you come as well. We'll set a date. It'll be a great day of celebration, a great day of testimony in obedience to what Christ has told us. Maybe you're looking for a church home and you've prayed about it and you believe God has led you here. And I say it all the time, don't you move if he hasn't led you here. You go where God leads you. But if he's led you here, you come and together we'll serve his cause, his kingdom, upholding his word until he comes back and gets us. Maybe on this night you want to pray at an altar. Maybe you want to pray with me. We're not in a rush to get anywhere. I'll... I'll Ask that no one would stir about. You pray for those that are making decisions. As we stand to sing tonight, listen to me. If God has spoken to you, if you're trusting Christ, if you're requesting baptism, if you'd like to join this church, if you'd like more information, if God has spoken to you, as we stand to sing, you step out and you come on. I'll meet you here. You step out. I'll meet you here. You come on. <laughs>